Hi everyone, thank you for joining me at Nikki Dare Radio and Podcast. My name is Nikki Dare. And I Dare was born of personal hardship, triumph, and the desire to succeed. I Dare is an acronym for integrity of diversity, adaptation, resilience, and empowerment. It is the hallmark of my life, derived from learning to evolve through difficult circumstances and experiences that result from challenges. And these challenges without obstacles, we never would know the true meaning of success or feel the exaltation or triumph over adversity. My personal mission, therefore, is to help you encounter your purpose and live your best, your best life, your inherent potential, and finding joy in the journey. I did, and so can you. It is about personal empowerment and unlocking your inner potential. Most of all, (laughs) it's about living a lifestyle of adventures in the outdoors. I dare, therefore, is a way of life. So please join me to discover your inner potential by sharing some of your own challenges. So thank you for watching and thank you for listening. Let's make it a great, great and joyful week this week. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us at Nikki Dare Radio, heard worldwide by millions of listeners with your lovely host, Ms. Nikki Dare. Our podcast hosted by Nikki Dare is your home for education to safety and survival, leadership and inspiration. Nikki Dare is the founder of iDare Inc., a registered 501c3 with its mission to educate and mobilize resources for preparedness and sustainability. Sustainability. IDARE is a grassroots credo and personal mission based on its pillars of excellence integrity, diversity, adaptation, resilience, and empowerment. Ms. Dare's personal mission is to help you encounter your purpose by unlocking your inherent potential and finding joy in the journey. Women's advocate, transformational mentor, and a seasoned BPR change management consultant. Since her early 20s in transforming companies, and decades later, she is reinventing her purpose. And now, here's your lovely host, Ms. Nikki Dare. Hey, thank you for joining me again. Okay, apa kabar? Uh, I'm going to say... Uh, we're going to start, right? Is that okay? That was in Indonesian, right? Yeah. <laughs> my, my husband speaks it, so he speaks it a little bit of Indonesian. So. <laughs> oh, he does? Yeah. He taught himself Indonesian in uh, college, and then he went diving in Bali for about eight weeks. And he taught... It's so fun, because we went there for a honeymoon, and he taught these uh, two guys to become scuba divers, scuba instructors. So now they make their living being scuba instructors. And it was from him teaching and, and walking them through that. So it was, yeah. So I've been to Bali and I've been to Java and. Uh, Bali is really, really incredible. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's just so incredible. I, I took my uh, son over there in 2014, but did you like it in Bali with your husband? <laughs> I mean, loved it. Yeah. I mean, he went, we, we spent six weeks there. So he spent about, I think, four or six weeks after college. Mm-hmm. And then we, 
then, then after, when we met, he took me there and we spent about six weeks. And it was great because the people who he knew who were friends, because he basically went there penniless and just went diving in this little town, Tulamben, and uh, made friends there and just hung out with everyone and was speaking Balinese. And it was funny to see him because, you know, you kind of you're like, oh, does he really speak it? And then he, he was actually speaking and we met his friends, the, the people who he who, you know, he has friends there. So it was, it was a lot of fun. And it was all Balinese. Um, what year was it? Um, 2010. Oh, okay. So just recent. I thought it was just like, you know. Um, uh, it was 11 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Ago. What I mean by, 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 by just recently, because, um, you know, when, when you, when you, let's just say you went like 1996, 97, it's just oh, yeah. so different. So different than right now. Yeah. Um, you know, the 20, the 2020, you know, whatever. But 1998, it was the first time that I went with my husband. Yeah. Um, 1998. And then we, I went back there like in 2014. So it's like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. Should we start? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Okay. Apa kabar? Selamat pagi. Buenos dias. Bonjour. Uh, hey, good morning. Happy to be here with you all. And certainly we can learn a lot, a lot uh, from some journeys of these fascinating women. And welcome to another inspiring session with us here. Great to be here. Great inspiring guest with me this morning. Uh, I am Nikki Dare, your host. Our goal is to inspire, grow, and bring women across the globe together collaboratively to let our voices heard in myriads of issues and challenges we women are facing today and sharing incredible stories of their journeys, their continued successes, empowering women to break through their limiting beliefs and achieve their personal and professional goals. So our inclusive guest this morning uh, with Anka Nova, help me. <laughs> help me. Help. Novakovic. No, I knew Novakovic. that. Novakovic. Yeah. Anka. She's lovely. Uh, Anka is a speaker, author, mentor, and founder of Echo Coach Inc., a Washington, D.C., in U.S. based environmental sustainability firm that assists organizations to grow their top and bottom line by going green. So let's help welcome our lovely guest this morning, Anka Novakovici. Correct, right? Correct. <laughs> Yay! So how are you doing, my dear? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Nikki? Oh, I'm doing great, you know, with a puppy next to me. <laughs> of course, I'm doing great. Good to have you here on our show this morning. So yeah, um, LA, of course, right? Let's get started. Share with us a little bit about your background and why you chose to this profession or career. What truly drives you to that sustainability space? And also tell us why is it so important for you that you would like to pursue as a professional career of choice? Ah, what a great question. Thank you for that. And I'm really excited to be here, by the way. So thank you for having me as a guest. So I, when I was little in Romania, so I'm Romanian, I was born in Romania, we moved to France, and then we went to the United States. And when I was little, uh, we spent summers at my grandmother's farm, which is uh, rural Romania, no running water, kind of um, just very basic lifestyle. But I spent all the time outdoors. I got to climb trees when the cherries <laughs> were in season, I'd get to go get cherries from the trees. It was amazing. Fun. Sounds like fun. 
Yeah, it was fun. So I grew up as a tomboy. And I think since the early years, I loved being outdoors. And it wasn't my, my parents loved hiking, but they weren't. But, um, but I just loved it. And when we came to the US, I had really two things that I, I and I was little, I was um, uh, nine years old, but I loved two things at the time, for some reason, in, like, international diplomacy fascinated me back then. I have no idea why when you were nine, but I think probably because I traveled um, and because we were, we were political refugees going from Romania to France. And so, um, and my uncle was involved in politics. So that kind of uh, seeped in. And then I, I, um, as I said, like the environment, but when, when we came here, um, the, the thinking was that, because we didn't have um, a, a big network, I had to go to school, work hard, get you know, do well, and so I did. I think <laughs> I was pretty successful doing that. I um, got a. Uh, I I focused on international relations because I wanted to be a diplomat. I went to Georgetown, which is down the road here in Washington D.C., and studied uh, foreign service, international relations, and had an amazing mentor who uh, made me realize that I was not diplomatic enough to be a diplomat. It's <laughs> probably what it turns out. He just told you right off. <laughs> no, 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 no. But I, I, you know, he was a career diplomat oh, for got it. years. Yeah. And he, um, you know, kind of learning more about the back end of diplomacy. Yeah. Kind of do, right. um, whether you believe in someone's policies or not, you're, be pro you're promoting your country's policies and other yeah. lands. And, and, um, and so that was a bit deflating because I had spent all this time thinking, okay, this is what I want to do. And then I thought, what's my other love? Well, it's the environment. Okay. So, uh, so then the thinking with that was, I don't, uh, I spent all this time doing international relations and studying international relations. I am not a scientist, so I'm not going to do like go into chemistry. I'm <laughs> So, you know, um, do, working for Conservation International or kind of Greenpeace type of thing, uh, being an activist wasn't really kind of my personality. I'm more of an introvert. Um, and so I thought what I would love to do is to work with organizations around sustainability. But I had no idea how to do that. Like this was a dream. And right. Okay, well, what do I need to do? I have no skills in that. And I have no business skills working with businesses. All right, so let me get an MBA. Let, we, let me work. <laughs> right. right. One more degree. Maybe yeah. not. <laughs> so, so I spent a couple of years working and then I got my MBA and it was an international MBA, but um, right. it was focused on consulting was focused on management consulting. And so after that, I thought, okay, well, I'm going to learn about management consulting. And then somehow I will figure out sustainability consulting. I had no idea how, right? It's one of these where you're, you're only looking, you can only see so far ahead and then you just have to have faith and learning trust. by doing. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It really is. So I yeah. worked for four years for a management consulting firm Then I was off on my own for another three to four years, um, also doing management consulting. And there, and one day it got to the point where I couldn't not do sustainability consulting because I, throughout this time I was getting the skills and while I was doing management consulting, I loved it. And I was working crazy hours. And, um, and I was working crazy hours and I thought I am spending all of this time and I'm spending my life 
doing something that ultimately I don't believe in. I mean, I, I do believe in helping the organizations that I'm helping and supporting them, but it's not to a greater good. Mm So, um, and I really enjoyed my work. It's just like, I don't want to spend eight, 10, 12 hours a day if it's not something I'm not passionate about. So, um, I just started eco coach. It was just one of these things where I'm like, you know what? I can't not do it. And the name came to me overnight. So I'm like, okay, let's do it. And this is before coaches were trendy or this was 15 plus yeah. years ago. So, <laughs> right. um, so it was like, okay, I'm going to go for it. And then I, um, I had been studying sustainability uh, in the back end. And then I went down the street here in Washington to a restaurant that is kind of a really iconographic, I guess, iconoclastic restaurant. The owner was very socially um, kind of advanced. He held, so it was a restaurant. It had a, it has a stage area, an area for meeting. It has a bookstore. Um, and there are a lot of events there that were kind of socially aware events. Right. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I went to them and I said, you know, we, you're doing so much amazing stuff. And in order for this to be a complete picture, it would be amazing if you did the environmental part of this, right? Because, and then I explained the triple bottom line of people, planet and profit. He's really focusing on people. Mm. He's really uh, promoting kind of some amazing causes, social justice causes. Mm. And what about the environment? And so he was open and we, and I did work for them at a reduced cost because it was my first time. So you saw the opportunity. There was like an open wide opportunity. It's like, I'm going to go in there. Yeah. Yeah. And I did it. And you know, I, I am being an introvert. It took a a minute to like mentally get ready to go somewhere (laughs) where, okay, I'm going into this pretty well-known business (laughs) and I'm just going to talk to him Mm -hmm. and sell him something without my really having experience doing that before. Uh, But yeah, I did it. And that's, that's how, you know, I got to thank Andy Shalal for giving me a break, um, you know, and, and being open to to doing that. Well, I think that's cool because I mean, you, you finally, you know, you realize at some point, I mean, a lot of us have, right? Like aha moments, like, what am I doing here? Wait a minute. This is not what I want because that burning desire called passion is in us. And we say, this is not what, what I really truly want to do. And then you, you began to, you know, go beyond, think of beyond. It's like, okay, I'm going to go at it, but see, you're, you're lucky because it's right around the corner <laughs> where, you, where you were, right? Um, and then, you know, yeah. the people already. So um, there's, oh, I didn't know him. I just, went, yeah, no, I didn't know him. I had no idea. I just, I just <laughs> went on the door, <laughs> but I did know that it was a, a kind of a, I love the restaurant. I love the place. So, yeah. Right. It sounds like a, it's, it, it was a passion. It is a passion to you. And that becomes like a money making career now. Right. So take, take us from that point where you realize this is my passion. So how is it embark after that? I mean, you know, how is it uh, that you felt, okay, this is my passion now that I'm going to cling on this and I'm going to make something happen, huge happen. So tell us with that journey. So I, first of all, to take a step back, I never set out to have my own business. I, um, so that just happened from the, when I was doing management 
consulting work. Then I started doing management consulting work on my own um, because a former client asked me to. So that was the first time I incorporated. And it was like, oh, cool. I can work. I can do this. And then I decided to take a, ta- a step around EcoCoach. Um, it was... It, it was really scary to kind of go off on your own and not know. Yeah. Um, I am not, um, I'm pretty risk averse. So I like planning things. I like knowing what's going to happen. I like, I'm also type A, so I like being in control. <laughs> um, you know what? And having your own business kind of throws all that out the window. You have to be flexible. You have to be adaptable, mm-hmm. where that we have talked about before. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you do have to be confident. You have to be courageous. Uh, and you have to commit because if you don't commit, the journey isn't necessarily easy. I knew that I was passionate about it. I knew I had the skills, part of the skills, Uh, but it, it really does take grit. I mean, you start off with something you think that you're going to go in a certain direction. I started off with my business thinking I'm going to do everything. I've got a section (laughs) for individuals. I'm going to help them go green. And so I went down the path of like creating a software to help individuals go green and I'm going to help businesses, right? At the end of the day, um, you also, it also comes up against reality. It's like, okay, well, what's actually going to make money? What are people buying? What do people actually care about? Right? So it's, it's making sure that your passion is also aligned with what people are, um, care about and find important and are willing to spend money on. Um, so I found out (laughs) the hard way and that's okay. Uh, that the personal side of it wasn't going to work too well for me and where there was an interest and really, uh, was where I was really good at, which is working with businesses, which was doing the consulting, which was helping them with their strategy, which was help, helping them reduce their resource use. Um, so it's like, it's great to have the passion there. And um, you need to have enough passion to be able to surmount the up and down and the up and down that can be uh, an entrepreneur's journey or a business owner's journey. Um And I chose not to grow too big. I didn't want, so I have uh, consultants who I work with, but I decided that I wasn't going to grow because one of the reasons I also wanted to have my business is because I wanted to have a work-life balance. I wanted to be able to turn the computer off, turn my phone off on the weekends which when I was doing management consulting, you know, six o'clock in the morning on a Saturday, I was expected to answer my phone. Um, nothing wrong with that. It's a different lifestyle. And I really respect and love the company that I worked with. Um, so it's having the, the balance and being able to be financially sustainable, right? So in a yeah. way, I'm being, I'm being sustainable in, in terms of my world because I am supporting the planet. I'm also giving time to the people who I love and I care about. <laughs> it's a and, win-win. <laughs> yeah, and, and, um, and being financially viable, which is really important too. Uh, yeah, I, I think you're right on point. Uh, first off, I want to go back a little bit. Uh, you got to believe in yourself. You got to believe in what you do. It is what you want to do. 
uh, and nothing, nothing wrong with that. I mean, not, you know, even though that there's a lot of, um, I don't know, I mean, just like a self-doubt and self-everything and self-sabotaging behaviors or thinking and mindset, of course, is, is the anchor of everything, right? Um, and then once when you do get that and said, okay, nothing's going to stop me and you're going to become unstoppable. Unstop All right. That's the one side about, about that. Um, the second thing is that the trend uh, when you started the eco business, it, it hasn't been really, really, really like people are talking about it, right? I mean, how long ago was that? Um, you said about what, two decades almost? Two, 2006, so 15 years ago. Yeah, yeah. almost two decades ago. Yeah. Um, even though there's already talk about it, I mean, you know, we, we know that the UN already have a lot of initiatives out there, but really the, the progress is so slow. But not until that this pandemic uh, really joined together, the virus, the health issue, and then all of these things that people, I, I find it this way, that people are now, sustainability is really, the word sustainability is so widely used now by a lot of people, by many people. I mean, you know this for a fact, in the clubhouse, everybody's sustainable, you know, talking about this, um, whether it's in an environment, whether it is in the education part of it, whether it is on the gamification, I drop into one of the rooms yesterday, right? The uh, navigators, sustainability navigators, I think, uh, gamification. I mean, all of these are trend. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that you were developing that passion from the beginning, I mean, 15 years ago. Now, what are your, um, your, your moving forward? What are your, um, uh, you know, plans or are there any things that you can, you know, uh, continue on and say, this is what I'm going to do now in, in 10 years is going to look like this. Can you share with us with that? Oh, then what a great question. Well, I, I don't know about the 10 year mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Five years. I know. I always go so far, like 10 years. How about one year, Nikki? Oh one, take us there. One or three or five years. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, the, it's funny because now I, we're kind of changing the tagline to helping organizations move to 2030 and beyond. So that's beyond. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Right. That's exactly what I'm, I'm trying to say, because I, I think I overheard you saying something like that. Yeah. I think it's in your bio in the clubhouse yeah. until yeah. 20. Yeah. So take us there, share with us. Uh, so um, actually right before um, the, the pandemic, I, I took a step back and was wondering how I could create change faster and what can I do? Because helping organizations is, I think is one part of that. Um, but I was getting a lot of individuals who were reaching out to me and asking, well, how can I do this within my own organization? I don't have the budget. I'm not in charge. Uh, I might not know about sustainability. I'm not an expert. So I, I started thinking about that and I created a couple courses. One is called the Sustainability Accelerator. And it's actually more, um, it's kind of more of a premier course that is for maybe uh small business owners or um, sustainability consultants who want to support businesses with implementing sustainability. 
but then that didn't really answer. So that was because there was, um, there, there are people who are asking me about it. So I've had executive directors go through that. I've had it folks. I've had HR folks go through that. I've had sustainability consultants go through that, but, um, but that the price point is high enough that it wasn't reaching individuals who are more junior in companies who couldn't necessarily afford it. So I created a green change leaders, uh, quick start program that enables individuals to implement their first project within a company because it's myself and my team of consultants creating change is one thing, but enabling, you know, thousands of people to do that within their own organization, I think takes it to the next level. And so that's what I'm looking to do. And so I have about almost 1500 people who have gone through that program, the green change leaders program, um, I'm going to be kicking off actually pretty soon. I'm going to be kicking off a membership. So those people can get more support on an ongoing basis um, and looking to grow that and looking to create more and more and more change with that. So this is Echo Coach. Yes. Okay. The Echo Coach. It is. Yeah. Um, uh, with that, what I was going to say is that um, I, I noticed that you also have you had worked with nonprofits and, you know, the for-profits, obviously, we just mentioned, um, nonprofits and also government agencies, right? Um, expanding this green, green practices, you said. Um, what, I, I guess, I, I tell us about, you know, I just want to hear from you about the nonprofits also um, experiences that you had had in bringing in, because that's huge right now, right? I mean, everybody wants to go green. Everybody wants to save the planet. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, as far as like, you have founded this two decades ago, almost two decades ago, and now you're seeing the more aggressiveness um, of, of people wanting to save the planet than 15 years ago. What are your thoughts? I mean, do you, do you see what I'm trying to say? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I am. Um, I love it. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love it. At the beginning, um, I was a little bit reticent and kind of felt that there are a lot of people who are doing it maybe for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Right. Um, so, you know, it's just jumping on the bandwagon and it is something that could be profitable or it's sexy or it's hot <laughs> reality. I mean, really, right. I mean, it's, it's, it's a the, dirty job. Somebody got to do it. Right? Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. I know that for a fact. Boy, <laughs> we go down and then put on our gloves and put on our vests and go to the beaches and then taking out trash. It's not blaming ladies yeah. and gentlemen, folks, is not glamorous. <laughs> we got to take care of the trash on the West Coast. But, but don't tell anyone that. Or else oh, no, we can't. <laughs> we got to do it quietly. Somebody got to do it. Somebody had to get this shit done, right? <laughs> yep, it's true. It's true. So, and there is uh, quite a bit of greenwashing, which if you're not familiar with the term, and I know you are, Nikki, but for, our, for your listeners, it is basically making claims that are unfounded around taking action around environmental sustainability. So for example, reducing energy, reducing water, reducing your carbon footprint, um, et cetera, et cetera. And so 
So on the one hand, when this kind of started gaining momentum, I was a little bit kind of like, okay, well, I've been doing all this work here. <laughs> I'm glad everyone else is kind of coming on board. Um, and please come on board for the right reasons. And then I took a step back and I thought, you know what? The fact that everyone is coming on board is amazing because regardless of the reason you are taking action, Mm -hmm. right? So it may not be the kind of end all be all sustainability efforts that would be ideal, but taking steps, I think every single one of us is capable of rethinking our habits, rethinking of the way we act and changing in order to become more environmentally sustainable. And so I'm really excited. I mean, having conversations with individuals who uh, want to innovate around sustainability, with individuals who are really passionate about uh, slow fashion, as an example, or really passionate about the circular economy or zero waste, just makes me happy. It just, it's, it's something that we absolutely need to have. And the more conversations and really the more solutions we can look to, mm-hmm. um, the, the better. I, I, I agree. Totally, completely agree with you on that 100%. I think I've never heard, I've never seen or heard now in the Social Audio Clubhouse platform, so many, so many solutions that are being offered out there. Like, it, like I said, I mean, I was in the game, uh, in that room with you. Uh, navigators as an ability and then hurry about gamification. I'm thinking about 3D printing, um, you know, which I'm sort of semi-familiar with it. And I say, oh my gosh, that will work with the agriculture farming. You know, that would bring so much huge impact on sustainability solutions ahead in the future right now, currently. Uh, and then education, gamification, you know, a technology, so to speak. All of these all start with one thing, mindset. We can switch the mindset. We can switch the way we think about how we live daily. And it starts with us, really. Sustainability starts with us. Um, what are your thoughts uh, with that? What are your thoughts about um, the clients that you're serving right now? Uh, what are the s- challenges that you have uh, getting them? Or they are already on board with you, obviously, right? But tell us some of the, the, your clients. What, what are they looking for, the goals uh, and the challenges that they have with you with this sustainability? So I, I think I'm really lucky because over the years, slowly I'm getting more and more clients who are aligned with my vision <laughs> and what I would love to support them with. Well, because, and the reason I say that is because a lot of times individuals want to, or, or, or individuals within organizations will either get some bad press or be asked by an investor or a partner, hey, what are you doing about sustainability? And all of a sudden there's some scrambling and, oh, we better recycle, right? Yeah. And so, um, and so they will do a one-off project and then that's enough just to answer that question. And what I'm seeing now, and I think so much of it has to do with increased awareness, increased education, increased marketing around sustainability and the importance of sustainability. Um, I'm seeing more and more clients say, hey, this is something that we want to do holistically with the whole right. organization. Or, um, you know, I just got off a call a couple minutes ago with a client and I suggested, well, 
what do you think about looking at B Corp? And B Corp certification is uh, relatively uh, extensive and intense, uh, but they thought, yeah, that's a great idea. And I have another client, um, so they're kind of in the furniture space. I have another client who's a tech firm who is uh, just getting started around sustainability and they are ready to go for B Corp. I mean, we're looking at the two-year horizon, right? Not right now around certification, but uh, so there is this awareness that, hey, yes, we want to start reporting. We want to first, we want to start taking doing the projects. Then we want to start reporting on what we want to do. And we actually want to be transparent and uh, share what we're doing with the world and kind of go full steam ahead. And so, um, so that's, those are two examples of two current clients. And uh, I've got to say, I'm very blessed that, that there is that kind of synergy and that uh, excitement around really implementing sustainability full steam ahead. Do you see, um, I asked this before during my global roundtable, and I have a few different perspectives behind it. But I want to ask you, since you're, you've already had on with your clients, and I think you have more experiences in this too um, on hand, do you think it will be a mandatory? You, you know how we were business model-wise model back in the 80s where everything is like ISO this, ISO 900, you know, all corporations have to be mandated to get certification. Do you think that this will be as CSR uh, corporate, what is it? Corporate, um, like, like a mandatory Social responsibility. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So responsibility, um, you know, is part of the responsibility as a corporation, um, regardless they're, you know, 500, a small, medium, or, you know, large 500 fortune 500 and things like that. Do you see that this going towards that way where it's going to be a mandate mandate? Uh, that's a really good question. It would depend on which administration in the in the U.S. or in, the U.S. Yeah, will it be? Yeah, kind of thing? in I, I think in in other countries there are definitely more rules and more stringent rules. But in the U.S., it is I think it's probably moving in that direction. Um, I so there are the pros and cons of rules, right? And of having a policy. Uh, policy can absolutely speed things forward. And I think that could be a really good thing because we um, we do need to create change and we need to create a change, change quickly. So if you look at, you know, water issues, water issues don't affect most of the Western world, but if you live in Colorado, California, they affect you if you're in the U.S., right? And um, and that's going to be more and more pertinent. And if companies are not, so companies need to be educated, but if companies are not helped along with subsidies, um, it, it it's going to make things much slower than what we want. So do I see it moving in that direction? I hope so. On the other hand, I also, you know, we've seen that companies are finally realizing that sustainability makes financial sense. And yeah, absolutely. It makes financial sense. They're moving forward with it on their own. 
So I think for the smaller businesses, it's really good to have that support and that push and maybe subsidies for it. Um, During the Obama administration, I know, and, and I know that the Biden administration is kind of formulating this, but, um, there were there were uh, sub- subsidies around kind of become being a green business, being you know clean tech and what have you, and that kind of supported those sectors to move further along. We're talking about the environmental sustainability, right? I mean, you know, for business yes. sustainability become part of the CSR, which yeah. is a corporate social responsibility. Um, how will this impact future corporate structure business model? Uh, I, I guess some of the answers already you already st- stated it just now. Um, will, will it the finance part of it? Of course, it's healthy and then it's, it's you know viable, right? <laughs> but I think some companies, I would say, there's always pros and cons, right, for, for this kind of thing. I, some companies are going to become. Um, I hate the word hypocritical <laughs> or just publicity. You know the publicity. Yeah you know, use it as a publicity thing, you know, and not really uh, amending it for the core of the in, in, in integrity of the corporation, of the corporation, basically. Um, I want to sway that and leave it there. I want to sway this, this, what I just said, into the employee's um, responsibility as well for the staff uh, responsibility. How will that affect them? in a corporation. So how would it, would sustainability affect them in the corporation? Well, if the corporation is going to install or going to implement the CSR, um, I guess it's, it's going to be good, is is viable, right? We already say that, but there's an angle also in the employees. How can the corporation implement that into the employees to become better and more sustainable for them? Because we understand that, you know, it, it, it's a little, little bit uncertainty right now, you know, how the workplace and landscape and, you know, the future kind of thing. How would that, you know, all work together in a, in a corporate environment, the culture-wise? Uh, how would that impact the, the future of the corporate culture? Does that make sense to you, the question? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, th- I think um, for companies that do really embrace sustainability, mm-hmm. I think it's really going to uh, increase, and there have been studies on this, that it, sustainability inc- and CSR increases um, productivity, mm-hmm. it increases retention rates, right. it increases employee satisfaction, mm-hmm. it attracts top talent. And so for a company and for the, the staff within that company, ideally, it will be a much more pleasant place to work. Um, you'll have better indoor air, right? A higher comfort level. There will be plants or greenery around. And there's definitely right. there are studies that show that even having plants around changes your mindset and your mood, Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nikki's I have the greens the out here. <laughs> <laughs> right. I love yeah, it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um and and so and also the employees are gonna feel like they're being heard because in a in in a uh company that really implements this, the idea is to ask for feedback, ask for input, 
And so employees are able to support whatever is happening with the organization. So they, they feel like they're contributing. They're part of what's happening as opposed to just doing, you know, oh, I clock in, I do this, I leave. Oh, I may stay, hang out by the water cooler for a minute. <laughs> right, so, right. Yeah, you know, but, but no, instead they get to come into work and they get to contribute and they get to ask questions and they get to provide feedback, which... I think um, is amazing. And, and, you know, I've seen that in companies that are becoming more and more sustainable. People are excited to go to work. People want to stay at work. Um, and there are studies, um, there are a few studies actually with millennials that says that they are willing to take a, a lower salary. I think it was up to 30% less if mm-hmm. they were to work and in, in, um, sustainable in a company that they believed in that was taking action environmentally and socially. So, I mean, it's, it's a win-win to me for, because HR costs are so high, right? So it's a win-win for the company. It's a win-win for the staff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I, I believe that. I, I really agree what you just said. Um, how is the impact with the people equally, I hope, with those that work from home? Because work from home is more flexible, right? Uh, hopefully companies are encouraging, hey, you know, take some breaks, take some small breaks and go out a door or even have green, you know, (laughs) planet tree in your backyard, things like that, right? The environmentally friendly environmentally or take for health, for example. Um, That takes me to questions such as how does sustainability intersect intersect with uh, mental health or future mental health? Oh, I think it's a whole lot of conversation. I know know, we can keep it like small within the corporation or, Oh boy. Well, okay. So I'm going to take it to nature first because I think nature when uh, ideally when a company is environmentally sustainable, they also interact with connect with nature in some way, or they ask their staff to, and um, there are studies out there that we, so there's a term nature deficit disorder. I don't know if you've heard of this, but it's a thing. And, and uh, now there are places in the world, for example, the UK officially now has green prescriptions where they, they will tell people to go outside, spend time outdoors so that you can feel better mentally, so that you're not as stressed, so you're not as anxious, right? In Japan, they have forest bathing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so to me, being sustainable within an organization means enabling your staff and encouraging your staff to go outdoors. It mm-hmm. also means um, to looking at what other things you can do to support their mental health. So meditation is one thing that comes to mind, right? Mm -hmm. Movement, um, encouraging them to eat healthy because eating healthy is um, not going to get you sick. It's you're not going to put on as much weight along with movement and what have you. And I'm not saying exercise because I think those two are different. They're both important, but I think we, you know, as a society, I think a lot of times we've been programmed to sit, 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 sit all day and then get up, go work out and then sit back down, which is not good for your body. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think all of that is intertwined with sustainability because we, after all are 
animals. I, I hate to remind everyone that, but we are different mammals. species. <laughs> yes, we're different species, but you know, I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> Considering what we're doing to the earth, we have there's a lot of good that humans are doing, and then there's some not so good stuff, right? <laughs> Damaging. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. So. I, I get it. I mean, you know, I mean, just like myself, I mean, I, I, I always tell the beginning of pandemic, everybody like flock in and at home, right? There's no way it just shut down, locked down, and then they all go to computer and spent countless of hours looking at the screen until they just go like, oh my gosh, you know, crazy, watching the news, listening to the news. So what I used to tell, I, I knew I had some programs back then back then, back in March, April, May, June, in the first four or five months, like, hey, you know, shut down, shut down your computer, go outdoor for 20 minutes, at least stretch your, you know, movement, like you said, is so incredibly important. Yeah. Um, because our eyes and our brain system, you know, we can take so much information, and we have this mental dump, I call it right. And that mental dump, um, it, it, it can, drive us good or drive us, like you said, bad, right? Whatever information that we store in our mind, um, things like that. But yeah, it's important to get out and then close to nature. Um, I think what they do in Japan is really incredible. Uh, there are some of the countries also do the same thing. There are a lot of companies now that 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 give that opportunity for the staff employees to go outside, take a walk, even in in incentive. If you take a walk, um, they can program it. They've done this even prior to COVID. Um, and then they give like gift cards or something like that, right? If the employees take a walk, take a break during their, um, during their lunch breaks. Um, and they counted it so many. I mean, have you heard about that? Yeah, it's, I it's have. very common. <laughs> it's very yeah. common. And yeah. I hope that they do it in a more creative way where it can be more fun, more enjoyable uh, for not just individual, but also a group of employees in different department culture where they're, where they're taking a walk. They can, they can have some kind of like conversation that's impactful or just casual conversation, uh, like brainstorming, things like that. There are so many ways that can, um, that can um, integrate into sustainable environment at workplace, I think. Yeah, um, yeah. I so I agree. I mean, I, I think I also think of one organization who um, I, I interacted with briefly, who was taking uh, walking meetings. And so people would yeah. walk while they were meeting, or they also exactly standing meetings where they had they all they all would have standing desks. Um, there's even one company who I heard of had treadmills in their meeting area. And so people would stand on the treadmill and meet. <laughs> so yeah, there's so but being outdoors is ideal, right? Not, yeah. not being indoors. definitely. Yeah. I, find, I find more, more inspiration being the outdoor being the outdoors is just so excellent. Um, it's funny, I want to mention about the deficit of na nature deficit disorder. Um, if I don't see blue water within a week, I, I do go a little bit crazy. You know, it's like, I got to go out there or mountain, for example, or just go outdoor and then be on the, you know, bike ride, things like that. I do have that uh, deficit, you know, like you, I, I want to be close to nature. I want to see some green. I want to see some, because when you're stuck, especially with during the lockdown, the first four or five months, like I said, 
um, people don't know what to do because especially somebody like me, I mean, I used to be on the outdoor. And I told my husband's like, I got to get outdoor. I got to get the b- backyard. So we created the backyard to look like what we used to, you know, to be out in the outdoor. Um, we, there was some time, I think at the beginning of lockdown that we couldn't go to the ocean to public parks and stuff like that. It drove some people crazy, <laughs> basically. And then what do we do? We look at more screen, you know, yeah. it's like, okay, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, no, I don't want to look at screen. I don't want to be, a, you know, listen yeah. to the news. Um, there are a lot of creative ways to take care of mental health, a lot. Of, but some people don't know how to do it. So that's where people like yourself, you know, experts and things like that, we look for answers to how to do it. Um, we're talking about environmental sustainability. We're talking about also corporation, you know, corporate uh, social responsibility, CSR. And we also talk about the future of mental health. And I want to talk a little bit about planetary sustainability, uh, just a little bit. Uh, I know that hum- humanity us <laughs> here has demonized our ecosystem. How do you feel of that? What are your insights of that? What, 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 you know, I want to listen to what you have to say as far as planetary sustainability. The first thing that I say is that the earth is going to be here long after we are, and it's going to bounce back. <laughs> so we've I, seen it before, you know? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. we've seen it before. We, yeah. We've seen so many disasters. Humanity has experienced and endured so many disasters, but guess what? Mother nature's know how to take care of herself, right? Yeah, that's exactly it. So I think we're screwing ourselves to be real, <laughs> really honest. And, and unfortunately we're screwing other species in the, yeah. in the process. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what I think a lot of people don't understand, right? It's, it's because there is this, well, I have, you know, I have my home and I have my computer. I have my almond milk. I have whatever it is. Wi-Fi. As long yeah. as we have Wi-Fi, exactly. we're good, as right? We Wi-Fi, as long as I'm entertained, I can just close my eyes to everything. The thing is, what happens when you turn on the tap and there's no water? What happens exactly. when you turn on the lights and there, there's nothing, right? Um, and we're heading in that direction, even in the Western world. Um, so, yes, we have screwed up majorly. I also think there are tons of innovations out there, new and old, that can be applied and that could turn things around. Now, can it be turned around quickly enough? I don't know. I know that there's some reports, like I think that IEA, if I recall correctly, report um, on renewable energy on kind of how much work we need to do mm-hmm. and versus mm-hmm. the capacity that's out there uh, to turn things around by 2030 or before it wasn't really too rosy. I haven't read the report. So I've just read kind of a really quick headline about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I mean, we're going into a big unknown, you know, mm-hmm. and, and um, I think technology can help part of it. I think behavior change is a huge part of it. And it's not just education, right? Because I hear, I hear about education a lot. And I think education is really important. I think telling people, making them informed is important. The thing is, you know, I know I should be walking 10,000 steps a day. I know I should be working out for my health, you know, 30 minutes a day or whatever it is. Am I doing it right? That's the right. difference between 
action versus education. Yes, I have the knowledge, but unless you're implementing and unless you're taking action, unless you're getting people on board to take action. Um, and, and so I would challenge everyone who is listening, all of your listeners, Nikki, to kind of think about what actions can I take right now to support the environment, um, you know, it could be small steps. I was going to say, it could be like, yeah. just like what you're doing right daily habit right now, you know, turn off yeah. your faucet while you're brushing your teeth and that save a lot of water, right? Yeah. I mean, it's exactly that. And it's, it's thinking about, okay, how do I reduce plastics? We, That's most awesome. of us have heard about plastics pollution and how hide this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, most of us know that there's a big issue with the oceans, with microplastics in our bodies. We know that babies now are born with microplastics in their bodies. Um, it's everywhere. And so how do you reduce single-use plastic? Well, you can think about bringing a reusable water bottle, right? There, there are things that you can do. Uh, take your toothbrush and change it for a bamboo toothbrush, uh, take your shampoo mm -hmm. bottle and start experimenting with shampoo bars. I just did this recently. I'm kind of in the process, right? There are uh, non-plastic alternatives that you could look into. There are, um, you know, non-glass alternatives that you can look into. You can just, you get creative, right? One of the right. things I love, um, <laughs> guilty pleasure, and um, is kombucha, and I don't make it. I love kombucha and it comes in a glass bottle and yes, it's somewhat recyclable, right? But I want to learn how to make it and, um, and you can make it easily apparently, right? So there are things that you could do. I heard toothpaste was really easy to make. I haven't tried it, but <laughs> I did try to make it one time before it is easy to make. Yeah. So it's just, it's a matter of getting creative yes. and it's that's and having fun with it, you know, because exactly. if you don't have fun with it, if you're like, Oh, I've got to do this. Cause I'm we're doomed or my children are doomed. No, like, Hey, involve your kids. Your kids get right. really creative and fun with, you know, if they have fun with stuff. But, you know, I, I want to say that about creativity. I've never seen, you know, uh, across the globe, especially now that I've spent, you know, in the clubhouse, so many just hearing people and then getting to know people uh, over the pandemic uh, solutions. People are just coming up with some creative solutions. It's incredible. All right. We got some time right now uh, before we wrap things up uh, i've got some great questions for you because i just i'm dying to ask you these questions i always ask a question to all my podcasts um you know successful business leaders such as yourself um as a successful business woman entrepreneur facing and overcoming some of the challenges what are they can you share with us what are challenges the biggest ones are mental so having the confidence to move forward in face of obstacles. I was born or I was born, I, I come from a fixed mindset, not a growth mindset. And so to me, when I failed or something didn't work, it meant I was a failure. And so getting past that was a huge thing. Uh, another thing is because I'm risk averse, it's being really comfortable with risk. When you have your own business, you're not sure how it's going to go. And sometimes that <laughs> client might disappear, even though, you know, I've worked with clients where funding dried up or funding got redirected overnight, literally. And they're like, uh, we don't know what just happened. So it happens. And so 
being flexible, being compassionate with yourself. And uh, again, being courageous because you have to face these things. You have to face yourself. That's the other thing is you really got to ask the hard questions and you really have to get to know you don't have to, but in the process, if you're going to be successful, you get to know what your strengths are. You get to know what your weaknesses are. You work on those weaknesses or you delegate them and you grow those strengths and you also marry that with your passion. Mm-hmm. So I, I think a lot of it too, that you got to believe in yourself and you know, you're going to fail for whatever it is. So backup plans, <laughs> plan yes. B and C and D, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> right. I learned um, that the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> right. You stumble. Okay. Okay. That was good. Let's go dance right now. And let's pick yeah. up ourselves again. Dust yeah. off a little bit. And then here we go again. Right. Yep. Oh yeah. Do I know that? Um, what are your personal advices to other women out there if they are listening right now? Men too, but women out there in regards to your journey to success. Um, and then just, you know, simply following your passion, like you had described to us that you follow your passion to become your purpose in life. What are your personal advices? The first thing is believe in yourself or figure out how to believe in yourself. You are worthy. You deserve to start a new business. You deserve to be successful. And um, as women, we tend to um, kind of put ourselves down so much more, I think, than men. And so doing the work, figure out what it takes, you know, find the stuff that you love about yourself, find your strengths, um, find your courage where I'm sure you're courageous somewhere in your life, you've been courageous. Think of the skills that you want to get and don't be afraid to move forward, right? Fear is just something that's mental. Fear is something that we've all faced and we have all stumbled. We've all fallen and it's only failure if you don't keep going, right? Um, So there, that, that would be what I, I would say. Um, you can always get the skills. You can always get the knowledge. It's the mental stuff that's really, really important before moving forward or as you're moving forward. I mean, I didn't get the, all the mental stuff. I was kind of stumbling, bumbling around and it's still, it's a work in progress, right? Your whole life, you're going to ideally. Under construction. Uh, yeah. Under construction. Exactly. So it's, it's, um, and, and also just be gentle on yourself. I think we, we under, um, we undervalue our accomplishments Mm -hmm. and we give too much value to the things that don't work out. So flip that around. Flip the script sometimes, right? Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. I I think also when you say about fear, a lot of times that we underestimate ourselves and then we're fearful, self-sabotaging ourselves with all of this self-doubt and self-everything, right? But actually, when you do go out there, fear is really just illusion. It's it's, it's really illusion. You you predict that. Uh, A lot of us get anxiety, you know, thinking about what's going to happen. That's the future, right? And then think about the past. Well, it did like this before. Why don't we focus on the present time and then make fun, make it fun because fun and all the other non-fear fun stuff like this is the other side of fear. 
I think very well said on that. I really appreciate that. Now, if, and if I may offer information, refer you to other people that's listening right now who are seeking your services, how can we reach you? You can contact me via email at anka, A-N-C-A, at eco-coach.com. You can go to my website, eco-coach.com. You can also check out the... Um, the program that I mentioned, the change of the year program. I was about to ask you that. Yeah. That program. Could you tell us about that? How to get that? That you can go to sustainabilityaccelerator.com and that's going to have the info. So again, sustainabilityaccelerator.com is where you can find all the info on the program and the membership that's going to get launched in, oh, three weeks or four (laughs) weeks or so. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. I'm going to be on it on board of that. Uh, But you're going to give us a peak peak show, right? Uh, On your social media platform, I hope. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's a good idea. I'm (laughs) You got to, now that you're on the podcast, you got to give us a little bit peak, (laughs) like a preview kind of thing. Kind of thing. Yeah. Well, time is really, flying every time when we're having fun. Thank you so very much, Anka, for joining and sharing your inspiring story, which I hope that to resonate to a lot of people that are listening. But more so, after all, we women are the catalyst to greater things in this planet, whether we know it or not. <laughs> My goodness, right? Yeah. Thank you so very much for all that you do and continue to do. We wish you the very best in your ventures and many, many, many in the near future. And for our listeners, if you enjoy listening to this, please do post and share this podcast to others. And also, of course, share it, like it, tweet it out, Facebook, like it, you know the rest, right? Fancy stuff that you all do here. Get the word out there. It fits your soul and fits the soul of your friends and others around you. Um, we want to see you next time on the We Talk Women Empowerment with our goal to bring women empowering other women to break through their limiting beliefs and achieve their personal and professional goals. Healthy mind promotes healthy body. And thank you so very much to our lovely guest, Anka. Is there a last word that you would like to, um, to give to the listeners out there before we? First, I wanted to say thank you so much for having me on your podcast. It's been a pleasure. It's been so much fun. And one thing that I would say when you're looking at doing something, just just do it. I hate to sound like Nike, but just do it. Believe in yourself. <laughs> right. <laughs> Believe in yourself because you are so much more capable than you think you are. And Isn't only by taking action, yeah, only by taking action and moving forward, it's not going to be perfect. It's progress over perfection. That's the only way that you're going to get things done. Stop procrastinating. Just get to it. Gosh, that's so powerful. I'm, I'm not just saying that because when you really sit down and think about that, it is so true. Yeah. Yeah. How many of us just sit around and then just say, oh, I'll do it late, a little bit later, just like you said, not like Mikey, do it. Just do it. Yeah. Yep. Thank you so very much. And uh, it's been really wonderful. I know that we talk a lot about just the sustainability part. And then we uh, enjoy listening to your story and journey of your passion, finding your passion in your life, finding the purpose and calling in your life. And uh, I think there's so much to come. And one more time. How do we get to your program again? The 
Change Leader Program and Sustainability Accelerator is sustainabilityaccelerator.com. That will have the info on the membership site as well. And if you want to find out more with the consulting services, it's eco-coach.com. And your social media platforms, can you share with us all of them so we all can connect with you? Yeah, the Instagram is EcoCoachUSA, all one word. LinkedIn, you can find me under Anka Novakovic. I'd love to connect with you. I am on Clubhouse. This is where Nikki and I met. Yes. For that, Uh, you'll find me as Anka Novakovic. And yeah, Twitter, I'm not too active on. It's it's there on my EcoCoach site. You'll, You'll. I don't remember the. I don't even remember the name of it. <laughs> My handle. <laughs> I get to <eco> coach. <laughs> I really appreciate you so very much. And I want to see you how the program went. So I'd like you to go. I'd love to, to have you back again in our podcast here. Um, really, really was wonderful. And then, you know, it's, it's just my my privilege and honor to have to, met you. Um, so I really wish you the best my, of luck. And this is Nikki Gare. Um, oh. Oh my goodness. Oh, <laughs> did she just wake up? She was, yeah, I told her to go to sleep, but if she doesn't want to go to sleep, she just kept looking at me and I go, okay. She was looking for me and I said, I'm going to be in the next room. So until then, guys, this is Nikki Dare, your host. Stay vigilant, stay safe. And this is my puppy. <laughs> collaboration. <laughs> Let's collaborate. Collaboration, not competition. God bless. Thank you so very much, guys. And don't forget to check out some of my books on Amazon. Just type in Google Nikki Dare, my name. I'm currently writing and finishing up some more books. Yes, I am. Until then, Slamat Malam, everyone. Buenas noches and happy holidays. Love you guys. God bless. Bye. You have been listening to Nikki Dare's Radio, a podcast of sustainability with your host, Ms. Nikki Dare. Nikki Dare's life has been spent passionately in helping others going through transformation, both personal and professional. To learn more, please visit Ms. Dare's websites, education.nikkidare.com. Workshops on safety preparedness, situational awareness are available. Also available, the Transformational Coaching Series. For corporate and private group pricing, please contact us. Please visit her website, nikkidare.com. All of her broadcasts are available for free download on iTunes podcast, Nikki Dare. For more details on opportunities for sponsorships and speaking engagements, please email us at education at nikkidare.com. Join her next time, living in purpose and passion. Our mission is to live a sustainable life with your host, Nikki Dare. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.